before nuzzled Bud's side. Bud rubbed him between the eyes. They bought the other three oxen in independence, but Dury had been a part of the family for years. Bud looked to the rise where they had buried his father. It was the same hill the Kiowa had hidden behind before their attack, before his father had taken an arrow through his lungs. Bud turned and walked to the rear of the wagon, checking the wheels as he went. It would be up to him now to get his mother safely across the plains. He wanted to make sure everything was in good order. See you, Bud. Bud looked up to see Gilly Jenkins waving to him. The Jenkins wagon swung out of the circle. Four other wagons lined up behind them, facing east. They were turning back. Out of the corner of his eye, Bud saw Colonel Buchanan and Tryon Burke, the wagon train's guide. They were walking to where his mother and Tom Croft's wife, Mary, were talking. Mrs. Mackin. Colonel Buchanan, who had taken his rank in the militia back in Minnesota, and Tryon Burke looked as different as two men possibly could. Buchanan, with his blue militia jacket, ramrod straight posture, slicked back hair, and freshly shaved face, seemed out of place in the vastness of the plains. Whereas Bert, lean and shaggy-haired in his buckskin leggings, moccasins, and cradling a hawking rifle in his arms, looked like a man who fit right in, like he was standing in the middle of his own house. I'm sorry about your loss, Mrs. Mackin. We all are, ma'am. Your husband was a brave man. Thank you. Is there anything we can do to help you and the boy? No, we're all set. Good. The others will be leaving shortly. You might want to pull over there with them. Colonel Buchanan pointed to the group of wagons that had turned around and were facing east. Colonel, we're not going back. Now, ma'am, we made rules. What do you mean? We all agreed that there should be at least one man for every wagon. Colonel, since the day we left, we've had to make things up as we've gone. There is no set of rules anymore. Mrs. Mackin, you gave me the power to enforce the contract, and the contract clearly states My son that a... Bud accepts responsibility. I could ask for no better man than him. He's too young. He won't be able to keep up with the work. I can do it. Next spring, you can join another wagon train. Your son will be older, and you We're will be... We're not going back to independence. It's the best thing for the both of you. It won't be any safer going east. No, but it's a shorter distance to independence than if We're you We're going on! And you can't stop us, Colonel. We'll follow you. What are you going to do? Drive us off? Shoot us? No, Mrs. Mackin, I will not shoot you. But for the safety I and the speed of... I don't believe you heard me, Colonel. I, I heard you, ma'am. But what I'm telling you is We're that We're not you... going back. There's nothing there for us anymore. A murmur went through the crowd that had gathered. Buchanan chewed his lower lip. He needed to put an end to this argument. Uh, Colonel, sir, uh, Mrs. Mackin and the boy can travel west with me. I I'll take good care of her. Buchanan watched Emmett Marwood step forward. Marwood was thin and stoop-shouldered. Shining brightly out of his red-pinched face, his narrow eyes roamed over Mrs. Mackin as if she were a mule he was looking to buy. I'd surely enjoy your company, ma'am. But, Colonel, why don't you let him stay on? This youngster can pull his load. I'll throw in and help him if they need it. Buchanan looked down at the tips of his black knee-high boots. If Mrs. Mackin refused to turn back, there wasn't much he could do about it. 
and it was utterly against his moral code to allow this woman to even consider aligning herself with an unsavory character the likes of Emmett Marwood. All right. It's settled. They're your responsibility, Mr. Burt. We pull out in 20 minutes. As Buchanan turned crisply on his heel and strode toward his wagon, Emmett Marwood faced Tryon Burt. He looked as if he was about to say something unpleasant. But thinking better of it, he grumbled under his breath and walked away. Thank you. It was very nice of you to make that offer. You folks have had a bad time of it. You don't need any more heartaches. Thank you, Mr. Burt. Try on. Let me know if you need a hand with anything. I will. Please come by our fire this evening. It would be my pleasure to fix you supper. Oh, that's not necessary, ma'am. No, it's not, but...